Chris of All Trades is the podcast where the host couldn't narrow down what to do, so he did a little bit of everything. From health and fitness to relationships and social issues, and featuring several special guests. Hosted by Chris Cheney and produced by Real Productions, here is Chris of All Trades. All right, what's up, everyone? I'm Chris Cheney, and this is Chris of All Trades. Today, we're going to get into a discussion about school shootings and the topic of gun violence. Um, Obviously, we know that that's a broad topic. So today, we're specifically going to focus on school shootings, the causes, and some ideas of what we can do to stop them. And I wanted to discuss this topic because I know it can be a sensitive one, but it is also an issue that shouldn't exist, and it's an issue that goes debated with little being done before the next one happens. So today, I am joined by friend and fellow podcast host Amanda from The Sip List and Crime Rewind. I know that there's a number of other (laughs) podcasts that you're involved in that you guest on uh, frequently, so I'll pass it over to you to share your shows, but it's been too long, Amanda. Welcome. I know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, so I do host The Sith List, which is a top five podcast. I co-host Crime Rewind, where we talk about cold cases and try to bring new light to unsolved cases that deserve some attention. co-host An Evening at the Movies, which is a movie review show. And our newest show is Literature Reapers, which is a book review show. We do two shows a month, one about halfway through the month. Each month we pick a book to read. So we do about a, a halfway point, and then we do at the end of the month and, and review the book. Also part of the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network, which has a bunch of other shows I'm involved in, so you can check that out as well. And yeah, lots going on over there. So <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've logged into, what is it, what is it, Twitter X or just X now? Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, if it's X, what are they calling what we do? Right. Is it that's Xing? What... Is it tweeting? <laughs> is, it, is it twatting? Like... <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I've been a little absent off of Twitter for a little bit, so maybe that was what's going on. But all of a sudden, yeah. there's just this X, and I'm like, um, all right. Okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. I know you're a big film buff, but I know you're just as avid of a reader, so I'm glad that uh, you have that. I didn't need to listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good so far. So, yes. And in fact, since we're talking about this, our... Book for August is 19 Minutes by Jody Picoult, and it is about school shootings. So if you want to hear more about that book, um, or you have read it, or you haven't read it, we will be reviewing it. Final review will drop at the, like the first week of September. So that kind of goes along with what we're talking about today. So definitely check that out. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, getting into the topic, I wanted to bring up some or bring some background to the subject for anyone that may not be aware that school shootings are an issue in America. But there's some statistics that I pulled, some that I were aware of, some that I actually looked up specifically because uh, there was a lot of interesting things that came up. So let me share some of this that I found. So this is on a website called Zero Eyes. And so what I'm looking up is mass shooting statistics. And if you look up the school shootings specifically, then it'll bring up the school shooting statistics. And so this goes all the way up to uh, currently in 2023. So the first statistic they have is K through 12 school shooting database. So the incidents by year. If you just go from the very first record, we've got 1966. 
And it's like for the next few years after that, it's like nine, seven, ten, five, and that's up to 1969. And then you've got in the second part of the chart here at the end in 2022, we have 305, which is up from 250 from 2021. 2020, big shocker. It went down because no one was in school. Yeah. <laughs> And I love how people love to bla- loved to attribute that to Trump. There was a lot of people. Well, look, look, mass shootings are down. Yeah, no shit, because everybody was stuck in their damn house. Facts. Like, <laughs> come on, common sense, people, get a grip. I'm curious to see what the death rate was inside the home after that. And I do remember yeah. there being a lot of violent occurrences between married couples mm-hmm. during that time. So, but 115 cases in 2020. Three months, three or four months out of that year, we were at we were in school. Yeah. Not very much. So that 115 probably occurred within that three to four months, (laughs) the beginning part of the year. The location, we talked about this a second ago, the location at school where shooting occurred. So this is specifically on campus, exactly where the majority of these things happen. So the most cases, 563 happened in the parking lot. 253 is the front of the school. And then with the next few being beside the building at 220, classroom 217, hallways 184, and then it just goes down from there. But those are the main areas. So you're talking about basically all of the common areas, parking lots, outside of the property, on the side of the buildings, majority of them. And yeah, a lot of them happening in the classrooms and in the hallways, but 563 in the parking lot. Crazy. This last one. So this is kind of the what I specifically wanted to know. Who is committing the crimes? So current and former students only accounted for 47% of school shooters. And about 41.5% were students. 23.5% were of no relation. 13.8% is unknown affiliation. And there were some other interesting ones. Low percentages under 5% for parent, former student, police officer. So those are interesting. Yeah, and there's actually, I was going to, I wasn't sure because we had talked before where you you were getting your information, and a lot of the stuff you just said isn't where I normally look, but gunviolencearchive.org is updated daily, and they collect information from like 7,000 different sources daily, so it is definitely a reliable website and kind of a supplement to a lot of the stuff you said, because um, it, it's not just specifically it's not specific to school shootings. It's gun violence overall. So it's a little bit different. But I don't know if what you had broke this down. This one does not break down school shootings. So it breaks down basically, yeah. you know, homicide, intentional suicide, mass shootings, mass murders. But it does tell us about children. Yep, so I see that here. The thing is, we don't know how many of these are school shootings or not. But the only reason I wanted to bring this up is that gun violence is the number one cause of death for children and teenagers whether it's school shootings whether it's accidental whether it's suicide whether it's by a parent gun violence is the number one cause of death and has been since like i think 2019 it used to be car accidents so yeah if you're Mm -hmm. looking at this you can see children age 0 to 11 in 2023 so far as of today 197 have been killed teenagers age 12 to 17 966 so again i know that those are not all school-based shootings but it's just still something to you know think about overall absolutely you know that's you know over a thousand children in eight months have been killed by guns like that's just ridiculous and i know that that's not you know i know that we're talking about something more specific here but i still think that's worth mentioning 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Gun violence in general. I mean, it's it's good to bring awareness to it overall because regardless if it's happening in the schools or not, it's a problem in this country. And you know, it's obviously a broad topic to tackle. But that's the only yeah. reason why I was specifying it. But yeah, no, it's definitely important to look at that. And we will include both of these resources in the show notes because I have the gun yeah. violence archive up now. So I'm looking at that. Uh, but we'll make sure that we share those because yeah, it's definitely important to bring awareness to that and it's also interesting if you look over at the seven-year review that the overall number of deaths were down in 2020 but the deaths of children in 2020 and 2021 were higher than they were in 2022 now we're back to that number yeah so 2020 1001 2022 1060 or 2021 1065 and then it went down a little bit now we're back over a thousand so but yeah we don't know how they were all killed obviously i don't think school shootings were a big part because kids were only in school three or four months of that year but it's just I really think yeah. that this this website should have a separate section for school shootings, and it may. I haven't really, like, I, I wrote a blog post about this subject a few years ago, and it's still very relevant, but I use this as my resource and checked a lot of resources. This one seems to be the most unbiased and, according to the CDC, very factual. So they get a lot of their information from the CDC, from other information. So I think it's a reliable one to use for sure, but... It does not break down the school shootings, so I'm glad that you have that information as well. This is perfect to have this resource to see everything as a whole, and it also shows a nice map Mm -hmm. so you can see exactly where everything is happening and kind of if there's any any clear areas. Oh, look at that. It's not where you would think either. (laughs) I know, but you also got to think some of these areas are a lot less it's a lot smaller of an area so like you would think texas would have the most because well it usually does but texas is also huge Mm -hmm. so if you zoomed in on it i think you would see it's concentrated to certain areas but and then yeah florida of course so oh yeah california's in there my home state yeah i see it (laughs) but yeah there's a hundred four hundred and sixty three mass shootings so far in 2023 Wild. And if you click on it, it tells you where they all are. Oh, yeah, where, I where see that. Happened. Yeah, so Mass you can really do a deep dive into this website if you want to. <laughs> oh, wow. It even gives you the specific address. So city, state, yeah. specific address, date, yeah. gives you the victim list. Wow. Well, that is the reason why we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our children are dying. I will never understand why this isn't a top priority of our government. It's it's just not, and I don't understand it, you know? I just don't. And in addition to, I mean, obviously, our children dying, this is having an impact on the lives of children that are trying to grow up and go to school and live normal lives and try to have the same experience that they should absolutely have and <laughs> deserve. Like, you should feel safe going to school. You should feel safe going to church. You should feel safe going to the movies, you know? But especially in school, and things that people are proposing to get around gun control is just ridiculous ridiculous and the fear-mongering is what makes i i am so convinced that the fear-mongering of the far right is so much of what is feeding any kind of gun control that we might ever have like i will tell you i I mean i will say this i am a democrat i used to be very anti-gun like this is a naive way of thinking and i know that it's not how the real world works but i feel like if there were no guns we wouldn't need any guns i know that's stupid but that so i've evolved from that a little bit because i understand that's not how life works i am for the second amendment but i don't understand why as a society we have not grown as 
people have grown, as laws have grown and changed, because everywhere else in society, we do that. I mean, okay, the seatbelts became a mandate because people were dying in car accidents. Like, seatbelt and helmet laws, we have airbags, we have new safety standards, like all of these things, a lot of which is funded by the government or laws that are made. Okay, no, nobody's saying you can't drive a car. Nobody's trying to take away your ability to drive. They're trying to make it safer for you to do it. You know, when meth labs went crazy, you can't buy Sudafed over the counter anymore. You have to buy it from the pharmacy. Is that annoying? Sure, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, when Timothy McVeigh attacked Oklahoma City, you had to have special permits to buy fertilizer. September 11th, TSA, like there's just all these things that we have done to help prevent senseless deaths. And yet when it comes to guns, everybody's like, no, don't touch my guns. So, Nobody's trying to take away all your guns. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a big rant. But uh, no, you're but that's good. That's what people think. They think that like anytime you Obama and Biden and any Democrat, they're coming for all our guns. No, they fucking aren't. Nobody's trying to eradicate the Second Amendment. There might be some crazy far left people that want that, but I guarantee you no government official, no president, nobody that wants to get reelected is trying to take all of your guns. It's a thing that people say to scare you. So before we get into what we should do about it, because I do, I have an opinion on that too, because, you know, this is why I wanted to bring you on, because I know you're a Texan yeah. and, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I knew kind and of I the opinions about this. Sorry. No, you d exactly. And that's good because I, I share a lot of those feelings. I, I've, I'm a father myself, so I do understand, like right. I get it, but I'm also, you know, I'm ex-military and I've been overseas right. and, you know, there's different perspectives too. So, but before we get to I, a second ago, I meant to share the statistics for the children that are growing up and having to live through all of this in addition to normal teenage crap and you know not even not even teenagers you know this is starting obviously Sandy Hook was an elementary school so right. it's just kids living and at Ivaldi. different stages yes exactly yeah. so 57% of, of teens are worried about the possibility of a shooting happening at their school 63% of parents probably higher of teenagers are worried about a shooting happening at their child's school and 70% of the American Federation of Teachers members that teach kindergarten through 12th grade say that the threat of gun violence affects the environments in their school so as far as just the pressure exactly and I remember I was 10 I was in fifth grade when Columbine happened. I'm just like nine, you know, nine eleven. I was thirteen, so just in those things, I understood kind of what was going on. But I remember them asking us like how we felt. And at the time when Columbine happened, and I was in fifth grade, I unfortunately was going to Catholic school, and <laughs> there are some good ones, but I went to a bad one, and it was not. It, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is because one of the causes, or at least I should say one of the blames is bullying because it's not, it's not always that these kids were bullied and then they shoot up schools. Yes, that's been the case in the past, but that's not always the case. And I do want to hold some responsibility on the teachers too. Not saying all teachers, but I was the victim of, of abuse, it, severe abuse from elementary school kids. And at, I was looking at my teacher for help and she basically looked at me and shrugged as if I brought it on myself <laughs> and I really yeah. I could I mean no kid deserves that verbal and physical assault that they sometimes have to go through we all know that kids are cruel but yeah. it doesn't mean that it needs to lead you know to where it leads to and I think there's a lot of accountability that isn't sometimes taken and a lot of and not necessarily a lot that people bring up nobody wants to bring up teachers when they talk about students being bullied and shooting up their schools but it is a thing 
sometimes teachers turn the other way and they just are just like, well, whatever. This kid brings it on themselves. And that's not right. If you're going to take that kind of a position, you need to invest more. And I understand they don't pay them enough. Because I've, I've got family members yeah. that were teachers and they were good ones. And I'm a, I'm a teacher in a, in a way myself being a corporate trainer. So I understand everything that goes into that. And you really have to be committed to it. It's, it's kind of like being a doctor. <laughs> you either can be a good yeah. one or you can be negligent. So that was kind of my, my passion thing um, and kind of getting into the uh, kind of getting into the causes. So I see here we have there's a couple of different statistics on both of the resources that we have. So some of the. I guess, well, I should just ask you, what would you say the the biggest or what do you think would be the biggest cause? I mean, I, you know, I think that and especially as times have changed and especially now that social media is a thing, I do think that first of all, in, in kids, I think mental health isn't taken seriously. When you're talking about mass shootings overall, I, I think mental health is important, but every country in the world has people with mental health problems and they don't have our problems so i think that's a different but specific to kids it's still you know first of all it's pretty much always boys or men and i think that's something else that people aren't paying enough attention to it's we've got to teach our boys to be able to express their emotions to understand it's okay to have emotions to understand that they're not that different from girls and stop saying things like don't be a little bitch don't be a whiny little bitch like everybody has feelings everybody has emotions and they deserve to be examined and respected and at least acknowledged I think that bullying especially now with cyberbullying because texting and Facebook and you know, Snapchat, especially because Snapchat deletes shit, like, you can say and do anything behind a screen that you wouldn't do to someone's face. So, I, I think bullying is a big part of it. I think pressure, you know, kids are under so much pressure to overperform. I mean, I'm old, I'm 44, but... I didn't start thinking about college until I was like in 10th grade. They've got kids looking at colleges in like middle school now. And like there's there's so much pressure to perform, so much pressure to be better than everybody else. I think that's a big part of it. Obviously kids have stuff at home, but I think social hierarchy and bullying plays a big part of it. I get what you're saying about teachers and I agree with that to some extent, but I also, especially nowadays, it's like, what was that, like a eight-year-old was he eight or six that went in and shot his teacher like yeah I mean you'd never think as an elementary school teacher that would happen so now it's like okay what do I do so that I can help get these kids educated but still be able to go home at night and I don't know it's it's hard schools definitely don't do enough but I think we got to stop letting our kids be assholes yeah and so that's another point and that's uh, so I have the statistic up at least of the the cases for and the different causes so and these are this is what was interesting to me bullying was only 30 844 was escalation of dispute 240 was mm-hmm. accidental and 184 was a drive-by 151 was suicide so bullying was very very low and that was kind of the one thing I wanted to bring awareness to first is the fact that yes bullying is a thing but there are so many other outside causes it's not just the students and the current students and former students that are doing it and it's not just people that are being bullied and retaliating it's a much bigger issue starting like as you mentioned with overall a gun violence issue so escalation of dispute I mean I've always kind of thought with a lot of the stuff in this country, I mean, being military and everything, I really think 
it has to do a lot with freedoms. People are freer to be stupid because we have the ability to get away with and do so many different things. And I think there's a big desensitization process happening because when I I graduated in 2006 and my first deployment was in 2007. So the, the I'll say the desensitization from that experience is just because I watched a lot of TV. It was completely like it just was a non thing to me. And I think for a lot of situations in my life, I have been desensitized to a lot. I do not respond with emotion ever. I act and I do things just purely off of, I don't know, just knowledge, instinct, doing. But there's virtually no emotion behind it. And maybe later on, I'll feel the emotion. I usually have kind of a delayed response. And I'm usually devastated for a long time. And then I'll come around (laughs) to understanding what's going on. So I, I will not allow my child to play with Tom Clancy's or Call of Duties or anything like that. I mean, being a military person, I can't really have that stuff around me anyway with my PTSD, but I don't want him to get used to stuff like that. You know, Mario and, you know, bubble guns and things like that. Okay, but I don't want him to see things on TV and get used to seeing people being killed by guns and being, you know, just getting used to that whole thing and be, and being a part of it in a video game. That's probably, that's one of the craziest things to me is that a lot of these incidents, sometimes I did some research that, and I read some stories once before too, that there were some ex military people that were playing call of duty and got all hopped up and killed a whole bunch of people in a parking lot. And it's just (laughs) from getting triggered from these games. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, agree with that to an extent i think it's a slippery slope but because movies video games stuff like that have been violent forever as technology has advanced the brutality of it has and so yeah i definitely think people get desensitized which kind of brings me back to the only the most obvious solution is gun control because you can't take away people's first amendment rights you can't tell parents what movies their kids can watch what games their kids can play you know you can put the warnings on it but the more technology advances the more this stuff is going to happen right wrong or indifferent it's people's choice to intake what they want to intake as far as entertainment goes and so i feel i mean obviously as parents we want to shield our children and you know set rules in place and whatever but at the end of the day we can't be silencing people's right to make video games or to make movies because life imitating art, that's still a choice. That's still a choice that people make. And so I think that I know saying gun control is like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But okay, you're military or have been. Is there any good reason that an average citizen or anybody that's not in the military should be able to own like an AR-15? Oh, I'm so I glad mean, you asked. Yes, because it's serious? their <laughs> because it's their constitutional right. And I know that this is this is a but topic that I, I get it, but it is. And that's the only part that that's what makes this part hard is because there are so many people, thousands of Americans that are perfectly within their rights that use that have these weapons as a hobby and aren't killing people or committing crimes with them. Uh, what, what hobby do you do with with an AR-15? I knew a doctor that built them. It was interesting. He was a chiropractor and he built them and he just had fun building them and shooting them and he would shoot them at targets and stuff. And he, but he wasn't killing people. He wasn't hunting and doing all kinds of, you know, cause you can't hunt with the salt. You, you can't know. hunt with those. That's what I the mean. Average, he the wasn't doing illegal activity. 45 rounds per minute. Who needs that? That is a weapon that is designed to kill people. 
those those things tear people apart like you know that i do i can't understand why anybody thinks they should own that i am totally for the second amendment but the second amendment was written when guns shot one to two rounds per minute there's no way our forefathers knew technology would advance like this which is why amendments exist if the constitution wasn't malleable we'd still be able to own slaves women and minorities wouldn't be able to vote like there's a reason they created amendments and it was to grow with changing times there's i understand that it is the right but also I personally feel the Second Amendment is up for a lot of interpretation. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it oh, you're a state not right? Is it an individual right? I know the Supreme it's broad. Court ruled. The Supreme Court did rule it was an individual right in like the 2000s at some point. But I just, I think technically what you're saying is right, obviously. But at what point do we as human beings start valuing human life over Owning a gun that you can't do shit with other than murder people. Right. You can't hunt with it. It's not, you don't need it for self-defense. Like, I just, other than, hey, it's fun to watch this gun shoot real fast and that gives me (laughs) a high. Okay, find something else to fill your needs because I would personally, why would you not give that up to save all of these lives of people that are dying? There's just... I'm not saying take all the guns away. I'm not absolutely not saying that. I don't I don't think there's any reason to do that. I get that hunting is a thing. I think if you want to own a handgun, but I think automatic weapons like that, AR-15s or whatever, that nobody, no citizen should own them. They're weapons of war, and there's no reason for us to have them. Right, so, and just going back to the, the point about the video game, just to bring that, I wasn't saying yeah. censorship isn't, I definitely wasn't saying no, that. No, I know. <laughs> okay. I just had to clear that up. But Sorry, so, I didn't, I didn't oh, no, you're good. imply that, but it's just, no. people do think that, and it's like, well. I was, that's why I was like, no, I want to clear that up, though. I wasn't advertising that. I'm yeah. just saying it's a part of, it's a part of responsibility. It's a way for everybody to do their part, and you're exactly yeah. right. I was just, ex- I was just highlighting the fact that that's the reason why, is because yeah, it's I a know. constitutional, which I know you know, though, but it's just, it's not one that I agree with. It's just like, you know, abortion and everything like that. You know, I vote pro-choice. I may personally have my own feelings about it, but I'm not going to vote that way because pro-choice is important. It's not about, it's not pro-abortion. It's about the choice. So it's just like, I'm not pro-gun violence. I'm not pro-gun. I'm just pro the choice. And that's the, that's the tricky part about a nation that's supposed to be based on freedom. But I also believe that the nation that is based on freedom is not necessarily <laughs> based on freedoms because there's obviously yeah. there's quite a lot of, that we live by and some of the laws that we live by are extremely old. I mean, really, if you want to live by a, a country that's complete freedom, that's anarchy. Well, yeah. And I would argue, you know, OK, my my country and my state specifically, but many of them have taken away my bodily autonomy. Okay, if I get pregnant and I want an abortion and can't get one, okay, can I just have someone shoot me with their gun? Because then, what, I didn't do anything and that was their right to shoot me with their gun because maybe I stepped in their driveway. I mean, people are getting murdered for pulling into the wrong driveway. Right. For knocking on a door. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm sorry, but my child's right to feel safe in school supersedes your right to own assault weapons just for fun. I don't care what anybody has to say about that. They're going to be mad about it. I don't give a fuck. There's no reason for people to have them. There are There are more than enough guns in America for every household to have more than one. Do you yep. realize how many guns that is? Yeah. 
That's that's enough for everyone in the house. <laughs> yeah. And places like, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, it's no license open carry. Concealed carry in Texas, you have to have a license. I think Oklahoma, you don't have to have one either way. Open carry, no license. What in the actual fuck? Arizona Why? the same. I can carry my weapon. I don't have to. It's registered, but I don't have a license for it. And I can open carry or conceal carry without it. Like, I actually really like a... that. <laughs> so I know but... people aren't going to like this because it's more big government. But I don't <laughs> understand why there just can't be more stringent screening processes and just rules in place. If you want to buy a car, you have to have a driver's license. You have to take a class and learn how to operate a vehicle to get a driver's license. You have to renew it every four years or eight years or whatever it is now. You have to disclose health information. You have to pass a written and physical test. If you own a car, you have to have it registered with the state. You have to renew it every year. Some states make you get the car inspected. All of that exists for safety and tracking. Why can't some of that be applied to having a gun? A waiting so, period to buy one. If you're if you're a responsible gun owner, you shouldn't care about that. Talking about that, and this is kind of what I was what I was going to bring into with what what to do about it because they yeah. did obviously there there was a lot of things done with you know background checks and things like that. There were enhancements and uh, updates and things done, and there were still people that were perfectly legal and getting these guns and committing these crimes. There were people that weren't that were still passing the background checks and weren't that didn't have a history of mental illness or whatever it is that they check for and they were still getting the guns and they were still committing these crimes. This brings it to the point of you had mentioned like bringing up vehicles and obviously vehicles are enormous weapons essentially especially that's yeah. the reason why they say it's a it's a responsibility not a right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what would you propose as a safety belt? for weapons besides so obviously taking away the assault weapons so we've got right. that i would say that if you're going to purchase a gun you have to pass a background check i think if you are a convicted felon and maybe there could be i don't want to make this a blanket statement because if you are convicted for marijuana possession should you really never be able to own a gun i don't really think that's fair I think anybody that has committed a felony with a gun should not be able to own a gun once they're released. Liberally, I would say 10 years. If it were up to me, I would say longer than that. I think people that have been hospitalized for mental illness, there needs to be a an amount of time. Or Again, I don't know what this amount of time would be. That would be something that would be discussed. I would say waiting periods between being allowed to buy a gun. And again, I think if you're a responsible gun owner, that shouldn't bother you. If you go buy a gun tomorrow... Let's say you can't buy another one for 90 days, like something like that. And I'm one of those people that doesn't understand. I guess I'll say that from my rationale, I don't understand how doing stuff like that. For example, for my home, I have a couple of weapons. So my main one is a nine millimeter. I can kill 13 people with that. It's a handgun. And I always use hollow point bullets as home defense. Uh, when I go to the range, of course, I use different. So that also means it doesn't matter where I shoot you. If I shoot you in your upper region, you're probably not going to make it or you're going to be severely impacted. And how does controlling what type of gun and who can buy them, obviously who, I mean, but I'm just saying there's a number of these crimes that happen. I don't have a statistic. I was trying to find it, but there's a number of these crimes that happen with people that are legally purchasing weapons and have every right yeah. to. That's the reason why people that are don't take away my guns are having that opinion, I think, at least, because the rationale for me doesn't make sense. I mean, so it's, it's a difficult topic. I don't understand how that game. works. 
I mean, because I understand that logic. I get that. If I have a handgun and I can take 13 shots right away, first of all, you know, it it's going to depend on, can you really kill 13 people at once? If they're all standing right in front of you and they're not moving targets, sure you could. But even so, that's 13. Or if you're trained. Well, yeah, that too. That's still 13 versus 45 in one minute. True. So I think, yeah, I mean, the whole argument exists. Any lunatic who's going to want to kill somebody is going to find a way. You're absolutely fucking right. There's no way to stop all the violence in the world. If there was, it would have been done already. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. So if you have a handgun with your hollow point bullets and you, I mean, we have a, we have a handgun for protection. So I'm not, yes, you could still kill 13 people, but you can't kill 45 people in one minute. And and again, the same True. rules would apply. They'd all have to be standing in front of you and blah, blah, blah. But True. I just think we have to try. Yeah. You can still kill somebody with a knife. You can choke somebody to death. You can, you can punch somebody in the nose just the right way to kill them. Like, yeah. Violence is always going to exist, but I think there are ways to curb it a little bit. And keeping people from owning those kind of weapons is just, it's an obvious way to do it. I mean, the other thing, and this is just my personal opinion. This would never happen. People would never support this. But I feel like, I don't want to say tracking devices, because I feel like that's very big brother. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. but... <laughs> Everybody and their dog has a fucking cell phone. You're already carrying a tracking device with you every yep. single place you go. Yep. So can guns not have some sort of... I know they have serial numbers or whatever, and maybe not a Those tracking Those could be filed device, off, though. <laughs> yeah. Something to register that... Because it would make it easier to track illegal gun sales. It could also... Like, if you had a tracker, it could trigger an alert to... I know this is very far-fetched and this is like, it would never happen, but let's say tracking devices were on guns. Mm-hmm. You could trigger you could trigger an alarm if somebody takes a gun on school property and then it's up to them to say, okay, well, this is a security guard or this is... I, that's very far-fetched, so I realize I'm stretching there, but... A very, very good least, idea. I mean, and I get that that's big government, but the people that would oppose that have no fucking problem carrying a cell phone around that tells everybody mm-hmm. where you are all the time. So yeah. it's just, I feel like if we can do anything to save even one child's life, it's worth it. I agree. And so, it, you know, and that's just for the gun part. But I think if we could have, if we could have more strict rules about, okay, let's keep the handguns, let's keep the hunting rifles, let's keep the shotguns, whatever. But I think the, the automatic weapons like that, those just have to go. There's no reason for people to have them. They're designed to kill. That's all they're for. Agreed. I think people should have to take a class. They should have to have a license. And it should have to be renewed, similar to a driver's license. You shouldn't just have to get a gun license and then for the next 50 years, whatever. Let's say every 10 to 15 years, you have to retake the class or re-register the gun or something like that. Like there, I don't see why we can't apply some of those same safety measures to guns. And I think responsible gun owners wouldn't have a problem with that. I I wouldn't. And I'll I'll say that 
it's certainly I mean, I think it's a good idea. This is this is kind of about I have I have some pretty far fetched ideas myself, but we'll see what you think what, what you think because I was I was I thinking mean, I a said, very let's practical put tracking devices on them, so you know, whatever you have could be <laughs> <laughs> Well no, and I actually so I you know, I told you I just bought a house. One of the things that's pretty cool about my house is it's it's got this big smart home thing built into it, so I can actually um, have my cell phone in my pocket as long as I've got the app downloaded on my phone. I can actually walk into any room in my house or any door from the outside, the garage, the front door, wherever, and it'll disarm my system. Oh, Chris is home. So it's not entirely far-fetched for for there yeah. to be some sort of connection to to a weapon. And if it tracks that it's inside of a school perimeter, I think that's a pretty good idea. And there's a lot of there's we'll, we'll talk about government suppression of patents on another yeah. episode, <laughs> yeah. but I do definitely think that there's capability to do that. Um, so the way that I kind of. Oh, there is. People just don't want to. <laughs> exactly. So and I, I agree. I think um, like just to go, to agree with what you said, um, I was kind of trying to feed it a little so that we could get the good uh, the good passion. But it really is Sorry, about. I, no, I it's good. <laughs> no, it's good. That's I'm very why I did passionate it. about this. <laughs> No, it's it's uh, we need to not make it easier is the point. And that's the right. whole because that's the argument that they're all going to make is, well, you know, we're not doing anything wrong and this and that. And I, I understand that and I agree with it. But the whole point is, like you said, our kids are dying. It's not any you know, it's not specific to any one area. It's all over. And we yeah. need to just stop making it easier. It doesn't mean that we can make things yeah, easier like, to happen. And if you're the ones not doing anything wrong, then why do you care? What, is it really going to hurt you to have to wait two more weeks to buy a gun or to have to register them? Like, I just feel like as a responsible gun owner, you shouldn't be upset about those things. Other than it's the fucking principle. And that's what so many people get caught up on. It's the principle. It's, it, I don't want my rights taken away. I don't want to be told I have to do something. You are told by the government every day five million things you can or can't do. People just for some reason, I love this quote. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The American President. Um, of course. But he says, you know, <laughs> for reasons that surpass understanding, people don't associate guns with gun-related crime. It makes <laughs> no sense. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have to wear seatbelts. People don't like that, but they do it. Some places have helmet laws. They don't really like that, but what? It's not that big a deal. And and the only reason to be mad about it is if you're trying to do something shitty, in my opinion. And see, that's the other thing, too. That's another good point that you brought up. The laws are different per state. So there's not a universal, there's not a, there's nothing that is universal across the country. There is no one requirement across the country right. for gun control. And I think that is a big thing in the argument of gun violence and or, uh, gun yeah. control is the fact that every state is, is governed basically individual. Now I am also, so I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'll just say that uh, yeah. because I know some, just because I know some people may, they listen to me talk and they may assume, but I have a lot of, my eyes were opened when I joined the military. There was a lot of things that I was, I mean, I was, pretty I was as naive as you can get I was very green I was 18 <laughs> so I had yeah. no skin in the game all of my skin was earned <laughs> out there so that's kind of my my thing I got kind of political and got into my rights and knowing you know what I was fighting for and stuff like that but 
I think that that's a, that's an, a big thing for me is that I, I'm not really a, a huge fan of large government, but when you've got a right. major problem like this that is spreading across the country and it's a problem everywhere, we all have to come together to address it as a nation and not continue, not continue to let it be uh, governed individually. Because like just talking about, you know, yeah. the helmet, the helmet laws and the seatbelt laws there, I've lived in, in all the States that don't have helmet laws. Like Arizona does not have a helmet yeah. law. Uh, Nevada did it. There was no seatbelt law. Um, they could give you a ticket if they stopped you for something else and they saw that you didn't have it on, but they couldn't stop you just for that. So me being right. the arrogant asshole I was when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm not going to wear my seatbelt. Luckily, I did when I got into my car yeah. accident or else I'd be dead right now. But, yeah. you know, it's just it's those and things. It's, like it's not that big of a deal. And, oh, my God. I had this one. My friend's boyfriend got drunk and started arguing with me about, well, I've seen where people are wearing their seatbelt and they got stuck in the car and they died. Dude, you I've had a friend run, that died like that. Run but, the numbers on that versus right. it, it, it's kind of like, you know, getting vaccines. Is there a risk? Of course there fucking is. Not every single person is going to react to chemicals or shots or whatever the same way. But the risk or the reward outweighs the risk of doing it versus not doing it. And we all live our lives that way. People like to act like they don't. They probably be like, well, I, I would never take that kind of chance. You take those chances every day of your life. Every day when you get up and cook a meal in your kitchen, you're taking the risk of burning yourself or cutting yourself. I, I realize that this is like a mild, but I'm just trying to like kind of perspective. Every time you get in your car, you're taking the risk of dying or not dying. You know, every... Anytime you go anywhere, that is life. Anytime you do anything, it's risk versus reward or, you know, what the good outweighs the bad. And also it's about what's, what's the best thing for the most amount of people. And I hate people who, I hate to say I hate people. I don't <laughs> understand how, this is a little off topic, but I, I saw TikTok yesterday and, you know, people are getting all riled up again about, we may have to start wearing masks again and whatever, and, you know, we're not complying in this no and hell. that. And, I'm, and I saw somebody say, well, you know what, then just the elderly and immunocompromised should wear them. It's not my job to protect the health of other people. Oh, I clicked God. on this person's profile and they have four kids. <laughs> Can you imagine being a parent and having, like, yes, it is your responsibility as a human being, as an American, to care about other people. The reason that America is a democracy is because personal responsibility plays a part in it. It is your responsibility to contribute to the well-being of the greater good, not just of yourself. And if people say, if you don't like that, don't live here. If you don't like that, don't live here. Because that's part of freedom. That's part of democracy. Is It's not just about you. And so I don't understand how people can just act like, well, it doesn't affect me, so it's not my problem. And, and so many of us are like that, and it's fucking infuriating. <laughs> it is absolutely infuriating, and as a military veteran, that is the number one most important thing. In fact, I want yeah, people to I stop bet. saying, thank you for your service, and I would rather you just be a productive member of fucking society. Stop yeah. saying, thank you for your service, and be be of service. And I think yes. that that's such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it is just... It is a responsibility to it's a right to be in this country. You may have been born here, but yeah. the amount of lazy ass turds that are just existing here mm -hmm. is driving me up the wall. 
it's just driving me insane. Like, what are you doing to make anything better aside from sitting here on your ass and bitching about stuff? Like, you're not doing anything. And so, yeah, that mentality that bothers me a lot. My dad is he has a you know his little side hustle is uh, driving for Lyft. And I remember he was driving for Lyft in the middle of the pandemic, and I was concerned about that. He's always been safe. He's always had his mask. He has masks for his car and sanitizer. He's got a big old shield up and everything. But he told me about a guy that was a grown man that was in the back of his car and was saying, you know, told him after he left, after he drove them to where they were going and said, well, I hope you don't get sick. I didn't wear a mask. Ha ha ha. And just thought it was funny. And it's just like, why is that? What? (laughs) It's just so ignorant. And I was really, I was very upset about just the, the character that has become the norm here. And it's, yeah, I'm absolutely one of those people that cares about being productive in society and of the community. And it's hard to see that. And so many people are about the principle. It's they, they don't want to be told they have to do something. Oh my God, what are you, five? Get over yourself. Like, you get told you have to do shit all the time. When you go to work, does your boss tell you what you have to do? Okay, you can say, no, I'm not going to do that. But guess what? You're going to lose your fucking job. So stop acting like the government saying, hey, you have to do this to help protect your neighbor. Like... Okay, well, guess what? You don't have to do it, but that means you can't come into my business and you can't go on this flight and you can't go on this cruise and you can't do this or that. Like, people act like they should just be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Because they're adults. And that's that's not, (laughs) but that's not freedom. Freedom is responsibility. Absolutely. And so it's not just about your individual rights. It's about, you know, any time somebody says, you know, what's the right thing to do? And I actually think I heard this on Grey's Anatomy, so I'm going to be quoting that. But um, <laughs> I want to say it was Owen said, you know, what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do is what's the best thing for the most people. That's yep. it. Like, and I don't, and especially with parents, I don't get how you can't be worried, you know, about your kids. Um, Agreed. So... I, I think the, the next thing, you know, I think is the whole mental health thing. Like I said before, every country in the world has mental illness issues. America has the highest mass shooting rate. I think it's interesting to note that 98% of mass shootings, and I'm not, this is mass shootings overall, are committed by men. So why aren't we addressing that? It, that's a thing, like, why aren't we talking about this? And so- why aren't... Why aren't men in other countries doing this versus here? Okay, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> my, I was going to say, because that also kind of, I mean, not to be, not to be like, you know, that person to bring this up, but we, I used to work for a government contractor and I remember it was, a, it was a little bit different. It wasn't your usual company. Everybody in there was pretty much ex-military or had served in some capacity in some way, either as a defense contractor or some other function. So we were kind of loose in the office. So the kind of topic of motivational discussion that my boss brought up one day, my old boss, was, Chris, would you purge or stay at home and locked inside? And it was a very interesting question. He went around the table and asked everybody. And he didn't, he said he wasn't going to ask why, but he just went around and had us all say what we would do. 
and nobody he just all it was was purge or stay inside it wasn't what would you choose to do if you chose to purge it wasn't saying like oh i'm gonna go commit murder or i'm gonna go you know loot or anything like that it was just what would you what would you do and you know a fair amount of us in the room said that they would purge there was only a couple of people that said that they would stay inside and he and he kind of just said he's he said i wasn't gonna make anybody ask or say why but does anybody want to share and there were a couple of people that did and so for me when we were talking about this a second ago about the you know well what's the high of you know using an assault? i'm like using the assault rifle and you know all that but it is there is a certain level of I will be the first one to say that not to say that testosterone makes you a mindless killing machine or anything like that, but I will say that the thinking is a little bit different. The aggression is a little bit different. I'm somebody that has, I have a lot of aggression. I always have. I've always had a, I wouldn't say I've always had a temper. It's not so much a temper. I just have a lot of energy and passion and aggression and my my dad channeled that by putting me in martial arts and that was great for me and then it kind of ignited me because he put me in when I was young I think I was 10 when I started so uh, it kind of it helped me understand that even though I enjoyed martial arts and I enjoyed the discipline and everything that it gave me I was young and I hated the discipline at first but I grew to have a respect for it and that's kind of the reason why they put you in it but I was really aggressive I wanted to just I wanted to let out all of that energy and all of that you know whatever it was that was pent up and everything and that kind of turned into me being a bodybuilder and working out and training physical exercise and athleticism were something that got out all of that energy but let me tell you when I was in the middle of my heyday I could still come home and go a few rounds in an argument I still had a lot of or you know get me talking on a podcast about a passionate topic and I can go and go and go there was no I could, I could just go. So I do understand. And I know there's a lot of, you know, I have a, my, you know, my best friend and stuff like that. There's, there are a lot of other people that, you know, like women and stuff that can have a lot of aggression and stuff, but they, it's, I haven't seen it be the same, the same level. There's like only so many women that have that level of aggression. And sometimes when they do the test, they do have a higher testosterone level than a lot of, um, a lot of other women do. And, and, you know, there's obviously there's some other things that can happen with hormonal imbalances and stuff, but I will say, you know, not just saying that it's a guy thing or that they're, you know, we're all just whatever, but there is a lot of, there's a lot more of an aggressive nature. And I think that that's kind of maybe potentially where that comes from if there's not a way for that to be expelled I mean not saying that it needs to come from illegal activity but <laughs> or from shooting assault rifles or I'm just saying but there do just you needs not, to do you not think it's interesting that your father instead of finding different ways for you to get rid of that energy put you into fighting it's it's sanctioned fighting, it's legal, it's, hey, you're not going to kill anybody, but at the end of the day, it's still violence. And so, so many, I feel like so many parents, especially with their boys, are like, hey, he's got a lot of aggression, let's put him into sports, let's put him into martial arts, let's do all of these things instead of saying, let's talk about your feelings, let's rationalize this let's try to take it apart and figure out besides hormones what's causing it because i understand testosterone can make people aggressive i mean and and we know we've seen 
people that take, you know, anabolic steroids, how, how that Well, look at is. what pregnancy but does to women. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> Girls have, women have a period every month. And I will tell you that um, there are people with um, PMDD and it's, it's like, I will tell you when I am PMSing, I could kill somebody. Like if I didn't have the, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I broke something today because I was that stressed. So yes, women are more as a rule are more nurturing, intuitive, are not going to, you know, kill people, but women's hormones are all over the fucking place too. So it's not the same as testosterone, but it's every month too. And then when you're pregnant, it's a whole new set of things. And then after you have a baby, it's a whole other set of things. So I definitely agree with what you're saying, that testosterone plays into it. You know, hormones play into everything. But I think the more compelling issue there is that even when you're given an outlet, it's still a violent or competitive outlet instead of a nurturing outlet. That's and a good I point. think that that's something that just as society you know with gender roles are like you know boys have to be this way girls have to be this way well no you really fucking don't and the world would be a better place if we could stop making our boys and men feel like they can't talk about their feelings they can't have feelings they can't express them and if and if they have a mental illness it's okay to get help um it's a good point so so i don't know i just you know i I definitely understand what you're saying i just think that i i wish men and boys had the same outlets that are offered to girls and women and typically that's not the way it goes that is a good point i will agree with that and yeah you know it's certainly not it, it, it was just my possible i wouldn't say it's a rationale but i do uh i have noticed there being a little bit of a difference i know some aggressive women but um but yeah no and it's it's funny i mean i get it i've uh, i have a co-worker that's uh is pregnant and i told her i was doing some research and i'm like wow you know women's hormones can be can range from two in their first trimester from 250 to 3,243 and she said my husband said that he thinks that I'm 3,243 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was like because I you know I've just working with her and knowing her really well I can see it but I mean the thing about me like what I notice is that I'm just like dude I feel like what is it gonna take to burn my energy out like I have to sometimes like if I'm mad or I have a long day at work or I have that for like it's a it is a lot and I can shoot yeah. my mouth off with the best of them but unless I have some sort of physical activity and that's the biggest reason I think why my dad put me in martial arts he did martial arts when he was a kid so I think that was another reason but he got tired of me putting holes in his house I was you know I was just getting mad and I was just like I would he would just he would ask me too like what is it that you like why are you why do you feel like you need to hit things and I'm like I don't know I just get really really mad and I don't feel better until I hit something and then once I've made physical contact and I've expelled it and it's there's been an outcome I, I, I do feel better. So, and but like, I understand that too. That's the thing is that women, not you broke all something women, today, sure, but <laughs> yeah. And I felt better. Like, I'm sure. So, so I do understand that. Like I a hundred percent understand that. I think, I think, you know, hormonally, yes, men probably have that more, but I even think it's just part of the human condition that when you have so much anger built up for whatever reason, hormones, circumstances, whatever, you have to find a way to let it out and breaking shit and hurting people, you know, probably isn't the healthiest way, but 
there just has to be other ways to A, learn how to deal with it, and B, find healthy outlets that don't involve destruction or, or harm to others, you know? Although, you know, I really like those smash rooms. Yeah. Um, I, I know a couple of people that have told me that they got, and these were actually, they're, it's funny, um, they're they're usually all girls that I know that do this, and they're like, "Oh, I love it. I I get really emotional. Mm, and they, have I would. A, they have a good time." So there's one um one person, one of my friends has a punch card. I was like, awesome. "Seriously?" <laughs> and I so I want to be clear that I am not I am not against martial arts or sports or competition or anything like that. the The point I was trying to make is that I feel like parents, especially dads, tend to be, "Oh, my son's acting out and has all this aggression." It puts the I because I think that's like a man thing that puts them into that situation. So I'm not against that by any means, but I feel like using violence in some form or competition, it's only redirecting the same anger. It's not Agreed. solving it. Agreed. I I agree. So, I I liked the point that you made about the fact that it 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 is it's something that we need to address with my son. That's one thing that I. You know, it was, you know, I used to talk shit and be like, I'm going to teach him young. You know, he's not like even if a woman says that you can talk to her, don't like, you know, don't you know, I was negative for a little bit because I was in my feelings about yeah. being frustrated because you we do like that's what I do. I have to just come in whenever I'm mad about something. I just have to come in and shoot my mouth off. And I'm glad I have dogs so that I'm not just talking yeah. to myself. But, <laughs> you know, because I have to be passionate first. And after I talk shit and say all the nonsense, then I can be rational and I can calm down and, you know, I can think. And so, you know, I'm definitely going to be able or I definitely want my son to be able to talk and express himself. Doesn't necessarily mean he's got to run around crying all the time, but I'm going to let him right. know that if he feels like that's what, if he feels like he needs to cry, then it's okay. But you know, I can teach yeah. him some things to kind of help. And you know, my dad would teach me things like, you know, crying in the shower or something like that and getting it all out or, you know, just, just having a way to one acknowledge your feelings and then having a way to actually work them out. Uh, yeah. rather than just like you said redirecting and channeling is essentially that's exactly what was going on and that was the intention but that's that's kind of an I don't want to say it's an old way of thinking but it's it's an old you know it's an old I mean, tactic a lot of people do yeah. that so and but I think you know it's okay to go I mean I I will do this sometimes I'm so just upset and anxious or pissed off or whatever I will just go into a room and I will scream at the top of my lungs or I will do it in my car like and it makes me feel better and it's okay to do those things and you know yeah crying in the shower great as long as you have a place to do it but also you don't want shame attached to it that you have to cry in the shower so nobody sees you it's okay That's to true. <laughs> you know have and I'm not criticizing I'm just saying you know whatever works for you and being able but the point is being able to do it um I have so this is from my blog post from like three years ago. So I don't even know if these statistics are higher now, but like just talking about kids and mental illness. Um, so 20% of kids aged 13 to 18 live with a mental health condition. 11% have a mood disorder. 50% um, of all lifetime cases of mental illness begin by the age of 14. And suicide was the leading, third leading cause of death in kids aged 10 to 24 in 2019. Oof. That's fucking scary. And 
hearing that and I know knowing that that was three years ago um, and this might be a little not to, I don't want to get too personal but um, I wrote my first suicide note when I was nine years old and I was going to a and I know I remember that because I was in fourth grade and I was that was when I was going to the Catholic school and it was yeah. just and I remember uh, good thing is I have a really good memory and I remember how miserable I was because of how badly I was bullied and yeah. it was it was bad. And I mean, thank God, you know, the my, my parents pulled me out of that school, put me in a new school. And honestly, it was a night and day difference. And they will both tell you like, oh, he changed after that. Like we we feel like we got our kid back and we kind of figured out who he was <laughs> when we pulled him out of that school because I was just I was miserable. And it was it was a horrible existence. It made I mean, it's still to this day. There's a lot of self-confidence issues that I you know like imposter syndrome and stuff like that mm -hmm. that kind of forms from people telling you that you're not shit for so long and when you're really not doing anything but just being yourself so it's just like damn all of these kids feel that way I must really suck you know and it's really shitty because you know being an adult and understanding how kids kids are just gonna jump on and do whatever the other person's doing to just not stand oh they're yeah. picking on him I don't want they don't want him to pick on me I better do that same thing you know so this is all stuff you don't understand when you're living through it and it's important for people to know and to bring awareness to the fact that there's that, that there are men, you know mental issues isn't something that is age specific these this can be something that yeah, can be not. impacting young children I think one of the coolest people that I met was a zero to five years of age psychologist so she uh, she said her youngest patient was two weeks old and I was like wow what yeah wow. and uh, I met her when I was working for the chiropractic office so when um, she was great she was uh, from Australia and she just she just had all of these she was she told me about sandbox therapy where you know adults can like like basically just like sit and like <laughs> you know I think there's I don't know if there's like a tray or whatever, but they basically play in the sand essentially and kind of like get re reconnect with how you used to play when you were a kid and just all of these different things. And I was like, wow, that is cool. And so she was she would always talk to me about the different things that she would do to be able to, you know, connect and reach, you know, a kid that young and try and discover discover exactly what their trauma was and how to how they're displaying it and how to move past it and she would tell me like you know some kinds of traumas and stuff like that that she's seen and I'm like wow that's wild you know like some 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 stuff would be heavy where like the mother you know was killed with the baby in in her arms and you know she was like a year old and she still has like an odd memory and you know different things like that so it's important to understand exactly you know mental health and where it stems and what causes it and you know there's a lot of things sometimes people think that there's a hor a uh, chemical imbalance or you know depression or whatever and a lot of the time sometimes that can be a hormonal imbalance you know there's things like intersex that can cause severe hormonal imbalances and if there's no those that that in those situations sometimes they don't present physical physical yeah. differences so parents can go forever and kids can go forever without even knowing it unless they get into a situation where it comes up you know I knew somebody that was in their mid-30s that found this out and it was just like oh I thought I was crazy my whole life and it's really just the fact that my body's been fighting itself this whole time cool yeah so, well but, interesting thing that we oh sorry go ahead. oh no I was I was gonna segue into what I was gonna suggest for school uh, school safety but I wanted to hear what you said first well, there was a, an interesting thing that we discovered with my daughter um, a couple of years ago, and it's that psychiatrists are kind of like a new thing that they're doing is doing genetic testing. 
and we discovered that she has a genetic mutation um, that gives her a methylfolate deficiency. Oh, wow. And so because of that, um, it, it basically, it hinders the amount of serotonin that you produce. So she was taking medications to, you know, depression, whatever, but yeah. her body wasn't processing, processing them it. right because yeah. of this methylfolate deficiency. And so, you know, now she's on a supplement and she's still got a whole slew of other things going on, but it, it is, it did make a difference because it's like you can, you know, and, she, and the doctor even said, you're probably thinking you're crazy or the medication's not working, so why should I take it? And it's like, you can throw all the medication in the world at that if you can't get that um, supplement that you need your body's not going to make serotonin no matter what you do to it. Right. And so, you know, things like that are definitely helpful. Um, And two, you know, I I mean, so I want to say I, mental health issues and treatment of it is definitely important, but I, I am still not saying that needs to be a redirect from gun control or I hate the term gun control because people see it as like, oh, you're taking away my rights. But gun reform, gun, you know, restrictions or not reform, something. Mental health plays a part of it, but what we've already talked about as far as guns should still apply. But well, it's about hitting it from multiple angles. It's not about doing yeah. any one thing. We Like, like we talked about, we, it's about doing our part all the way, everybody, you know, Parents, yeah. watch what your kids are, you yes. know, watching and doing, and you know, and teaching them the right things. And I had you know, a whole we section don't about that too. Yeah. <laughs> but one interesting thing is, you know, as far as mental health goes, um, a lot, like most of the top-rated or like best mental health professionals, don't take health insurance. Yep. Um, and again, this is an older statistic, so it's probably different now, or older, or more, but. Forty-five percent of Americans with mental illness that aren't treated cited cost as the main factor in not getting treatment. Even so, sometimes when you do have insurance, you still have still to pay a copay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I have a therapist, and I do get a little bit annoyed because she she's good and everything, but I'm used to one-hour sessions. Not one of those sessions lasts one hour, and I know what she bills me, and I pay a copay yeah. of forty dollars every time, and it pisses me off. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, cause yeah, we, we have that problem too, but I think that, you know, it, that's got to change because we've got to start getting people treatment that they need before a tragedy, not after. Absolutely. Um, you know, like something like 40 million Americans suffer from some kind of mental illness. Pretty much all of them can buy a gun. Only some of them can access treatment for their illness. That's a fucking problem. Absolutely. And then, yeah, parenting. But I didn't know what else you were going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just about when I, and I kind of figured that out on my own being a, a, I'm not really a young parent. I'm in my 30s, but understanding, you know, and being a new parent and having a young kid and all of that is kind of like, he likes, you know, when, whenever there's anything suspenseful on TV, he'll go, Daddy, Michael Myers. <laughs> and, <laughs> So it's like, okay, stop telling people you know who that is. <laughs> because his mother, he we did. And when he was young, we watched a lot of we watched a lot of stuff that he probably shouldn't watch. We never watched any, you know, sexual things like anything like but you know, violence was not something that we yeah. that we censored around him. And now that he's older, 
And I started thinking about that and I'm like, I wonder if he, I wonder if he knows not to stab daddy with that. Right. Like, you know, but I'm like, but what, and I, I really started thinking about it and I'm like, but what knowledge does he have of understanding what would happen if he did do that he could do it because well, he can he can do anything that he watches he can totally do it but does he understand what would happen if he did and it's just like this is why this is why you should probably not let children watch things like this because there's not the understanding you know. is that for the most part even though there might be other movies the understanding is that the bad guy dies at the end typically well not michael I, myers but no well, i'm just not kidding michael myers. <laughs> no, no at least not in the first one but i i think <laughs> Most horror movies have some kind of consequence for the villain. So I think that that at least helps a little bit. I mean, I saw Halloween when I, I was mean, five. I need him so. to pay attention to that part also. Right? <laughs> okay, son, remember when he stabbed? Now look what happened to him. <laughs> so so. I, I think that you're worrying about that might be a little, a little overreaction because I think as humans – most of us have empathy. Most of us have, even as children, we have the understanding, not because we had to be told, but just be as a basic human understanding of empathy and feelings and whatever. Now, obviously, there's sociopaths and narcissists that don't, but this is my personal opinion, just based on things I've read. And, you know, there's science can tell you all kinds of different things. I think most people like that are born that way. I don't think letting your kid watch a horror movie changed how they... You know, you know what I mean? That That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you either have empathy or you don't. And it's typically not something that's going to be formed by watching a movie. You know, I, I think actual trauma can form those things because you can repress things. And I think that's different because watching a movie is like a safe space. You're, yes, it might scare you, but when it's over, the TV turns off and you go back to your real life. Right. Versus if you're exposed to trauma, you know, especially as a small child, you're constantly in a state of when is it going to happen again? I have to be on alert or whatever. Yeah. I actually think, obviously I don't want people showing little kids horror movies if they, but I I think that I feel like that kind of, I feel like movies especially are a controlled environment where you can expose kids to things and they still understand that it's not real. Because they get to walk away from it and go back to their regular life. Yeah. But honestly, for me, it's it's social media and it's instant gratification and it's, you know, <laughs> Definitely. us not having boundaries and discipline. And I've been guilty of this myself, but kids don't need constant stimulation. It's okay for them to be bored. It's okay for them to not get everything that they want when they want it. Um, I don't feel like kids are equipped to handle school because... And even the adult world, because they don't understand delayed gratification. They have social media where everybody will say things on social media that they would never say to somebody's face. And it's so upsetting. And And for um, kids, you know, they base their self-worth on how many likes am I getting? How many retweets am I getting? How many people are engaging with my TikTok? How many? And then at the same time, it's like, oh, you're a piece of shit. I can't believe you posted that. So social media is just, I love it, but it's also awful. No, I don't even have it for that reason. I just got annoyed. I was like, you know what? And I I turned my back on Facebook and never looked back. But all right. So I know we've been like, I knew this was going to be an issue. We were going to be talking. Oh, no, we're good. Uh, I know it's later where you are. So I have just my three things. I'm just curious to hear what you would think. So I went through 
all of the motions ever since Sandy Hook. I've thought about yeah. so many different things and I feel like I have serious conversations in my head about it um, because I was, you know, I'm, I have a very seek to resolve personality. So I'm like, let's just mm -hmm. be practical. How can we stop this? So one of the things that was really getting to me was the fact that it's a little different when it's a student. I was more focused on the outside people that were um, that were coming into the schools and were that were you know committing these crimes and there was no security on the school to limit the shooter to prevent the shooter from getting into the school and the, this last one with Audrey Hale it just I mean she shot right through the door there was no one there in the front she came right through the doors and so my thing it kind of jumped up to the list um, I had some other ideas so I have my three ideas but this one jumped up to the top of the list which is drop gates throughout the school to trap the shooter to mm -hmm. limit where they are because if we limit where they are and you can drop the gates once there's an alert or an alarm or we're made aware that there's an active shooter they can put the gates down they can lock the classrooms down and they can drop all of the gates and that shooter is just going to be trapped wherever the hell they are and they're not going to be able to get to be anywhere else so they may not be in a box but they're not going to be able to get to anywhere else where they can kill people or like you said limit, limit the numbers well, that's the whole thing is this is it's more of a it's yeah. a perimeter control. So it's not like everything yeah. would lock down. There would have to be somebody that was controlling it. And it would be really just if they were I mean, it's it's limiting the numbers. So, yeah, there could be areas where, hey, we got to trap them and they're near they're near the office. But the kids and everybody else are going to be making their way to get away from them while they're stuck yeah. wherever they're at. So, yes, there's still a possibility that people could still get hurt, but far less, hopefully. Right. Um well, and that's a budgetary issue. I mean, shouldn't you know, be. It, it should no. It absolutely shouldn't be, but it is. That's why you know. That's why so many shitty school districts are still shitty because it's poor areas where they can't afford. You know, like like at my the schools that my daughter went to here. Like we live in a really nice neighborhood, a very nice school district. You have to go through the front office to get into the school. You can't open doors and get in. The doors only open from the inside, so you can come out through those doors, but you can't open them from the outside. That's absolutely That's nice. the way it should be, you know, but yeah. not every place can afford that. Well, they need to make that a government thing worldwide I, for all of them. <laughs> I agree. That's why I, I'm very much not for states' rights when it comes to certain things. And the, I know it has to do with property value and people's money and how you pay taxes and this and that whatever but all of our children should have the same rights to the same education and same freedoms and same quality of education and agreed i don't know how to make that happen but to me it's a no-brainer it should be a priority agreed and that's why we elect people that make these decisions so okay so my other two things it's kind of they're kind of the same thing i know we had my high school, anybody, I doubt anybody I went to high school with listens, but we had Officer Earl, <laughs> you know, our bike cop. So not like that, but I thought school marshals, like air marshals would be cool. But obviously, if there's anybody that's in the school that people don't know, that can be a little obvious. So I went back and forth between uh, school marshals and packing teachers. So some teachers could be good. But see, you run, that's a risk. 100% opposed to that. Exactly. And that's a risk and because there's there's a big risk with that because you don't know you're just because that person is a teacher doesn't make them any different from anybody else that gets a weapon. And it just it just means that, OK, maybe they can get it a little easier or whatever. But, you know, I, I even went their, through it's not their job. 
Agreed. And if the shooter is one of their students, are they really going to shoot that kid? Like, I'm definitely for the guards. Again, my daughter's school, they had, you know, one or two security guards that had guns. But first of all, how are they going to fund that? Teachers have to buy their own supplies for their classrooms. Exactly. You're going to pay for them to go through gun training. Right. Like, that's <laughs> that's not why teachers go to school. That's not why they became educators. It's not their job, nor should they ever be put in a position where they have to potentially shoot one of their students. Or they could be easy. I mean... How easy would it be for a 17-year-old boy to overtake, you know, a 5-foot-2 little woman school teacher? Or yeah. or either, or vice versa, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, I really hate that, again, I'm not saying this to you. It was third on my list. <laughs> I'm not saying this to you, I'm not mad at you about it, but I think that that is a cop-out. I think that's a bullshit thing that people are saying it, we already found out the whole good guys with a gun thing didn't work in Uvalde. So why are right. we expecting, if trained cops can't go in and take care of it, why are we expecting school teachers to do it? That's not their job. Great point. They, sh they shouldn't be put in that position. And that's why I brought it up because this was one of the things that I read and I was like, you know what? That's controversial, but let's think about that for a second. I thought about it. I disagreed with it as well, <laughs> but it was, I, but I, look sorry, at what I'm people were suggesting. Like like, oh no. I, I hate that idea. <laughs> I thought about it too, because I'm like, I'm trying to think in my mind because it's probably my military background. I'm, I'm just going to be like, well, if it's, I'm, I'm, we had a, a threat at my job, not that long ago. We didn't know what it was, but there was some sort of, danger at the office and we were told that yeah. we couldn't go there but I knew that there were people there and my girlfriend right. was there so I'm like well I'm not gonna stay if there's a threat I'm definitely gonna go if there is yeah. one so I, w I couldn't go in because I didn't want to get in trouble but I, I did go to the parking lot and I sat there and I made sure that everything was okay because I wasn't just gonna I wasn't just going to sit there, but not everybody right. has that mentality. So that was, well, no, that was I why mean, I had to calm down and like, okay, you're exactly right. Budgets, they're not trained for that. But these were, this was actually a teacher that had said it. And these were teachers that wanted to do it. And they, they had asked and they were saying, yeah. you know, that teachers would be willing to go through that if that program was available. And I was like, wow. I, and I, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad suggestion, like for people to think about, but I think once you yeah. think about it, you're, I once you think about it. <laughs> I would never expect my child's teacher to die for my child. Right. Like, exactly. In that kind of scenario. And I, you know, if there are teachers that are like, hey, I'd be willing to do this. I'm not mad at them, but I still think that the risk is too high for the guns to get into the wrong hands. Or, you know, every teacher doesn't know every child in every school. I think so the... The, the I think the main thing was was not the fact that the teachers were going to have to use them. I think the thought was the fact that the students knew that some teachers did and they didn't know who. So they weren't going to attack the school if they didn't know who was going to be able yeah. to kill them. So that was kind of the but point that they, they had made. Know who, right. Then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for throwing suggestions out there, but I, I'm also for let's really talk about it and decide how realistic and is it a, a realistic expectation and I just think that right. is a very unrealistic expectation and burden to put on people who already work way harder than they get compensated for and right. you know just I couldn't imagine you know a being armed and wondering if somebody knew I was armed and if they would ever try to take it but also Again, what if the shooter was one of your students and you, yes, you'd be saving the lives of your other students, but I feel like that kind of trauma would just, 
I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a lot. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't think it should be an expectation. And also, our money could be spent so much better than on things like that. Yeah, like making the building safer, like what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, like so. All right. Well, we had a we had a pretty good conversation. I know um, yeah. on a, we, we probably could have gone for another hour or two, oh, but, yeah, um, but. For, it, definitely an important topic. A lot of good things discussed, a lot of good awareness. I hope I didn't yeah. poke you too much. I was trying to because I no, know that there's I mean, a lot of there's a lot of different opinions that come up and there's some that I share and some that I don't and some that I but the, the main thing is I understand. And I think overall for everybody, it's important to talk about the different perspectives, the different ideas that we have so that we can all seek to understand and actually try and find a realistic expectation together across the nation to address this issue that's not just impacting schools, it's impacting everywhere, but specifically our children are dying. Yeah. Regardless of where it's occurring. Yeah. Well, awesome. For sure. The only last thing I did want to say, like, just like real, real quick is, you know, and especially, I'm going to say again, if nobody has read 19 Minutes, I would implore you to read it. If I could make it required reading for parents and children, I would. Sometimes parents really just don't know. And I, I don't like, I don't blame parents. But I also want to say, be present in the life of your kids. Ask them questions. I know teenagers, it's like one word answers. But do your best to know everything that's going on in their lives. Look through their phones. Don't give them all that privacy. Be willing to have them hate you. Do things as a family. Play board games. Limit screen time. Do physical activities together. Just always be their supporter. Always be there for them to lean on. If they exhibit any signs of mental illness, address it. Like It's so hard because you want to be your child's best friend, but they don't need a best friend. They need a parent and... A lot of stuff starts at home, and a lot of times the parents don't know, but it's really easy to get lazy. Well, lazy is not the right word. It's easy to get tired, because I've been guilty of it. I'm so tired that it's like, I don't, you know, sometimes it's easier to do shit myself than to have my kid do it. And it's just, we have to push through and be the person that they can rely on and also make them accountable for their actions. Yeah, I would say just from having two parents that had very different parenting styles it is about and you know one was very present and very involved in my life and very supportive I always knew that I could go to that one and the other one was not and we had our differences and I think we've grown a lot we have a new relationship now and I know that I can go to them both and I think the biggest thing the most important thing as a parent for me is to always make my son aware of the fact that he can come to me with anything whether he's afraid embarrassed angry he did something stupid he knows I'm going to be pissed the worst fear is not going to be coming to me and when I was growing up my worst fear was going to one of my parents (laughs) I I could go to the other one but you know it's just about that so I I completely agree you don't have to be doom fucking cleaver it's not about you have to make home-cooked meals every night and you have to be in the PTA I mean you can swing through the drive-thru at McDonald's and eat in your car and still have a meaningful conversation with your kid. So yeah. it's not it's not so much about being performative. It's just about being there, there. and being accessible. Being there. Yeah. If that is anything that I could say, you know, I have 
like we all have our parents, you know, they have their different things. I think every parent, you know, oh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do that with my kid. Everybody says that <laughs> when yeah, they you're, have, you're, you know, my parents liar. said it, you I said know. it. Yeah, I act just like both of them. So my no, but that's. never going to watch the iPad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but the, that was the most important thing. It didn't matter what we did. It was yeah. about you being there and that you listened and that you were just a part of it. And I, what I do with my kid, I may not necessarily, I, and I know that sometimes like when he's here and he's tired, I'm exhausted when he's here yeah. and, um, you know, but he's playing and he wants me to play. And so I do my best to be yeah. enthusiastic and to try and play. But when he takes the toys away and he sits on the carpet and he's just playing by himself, I'll just sit there and watch him. And right. just be just be completely invested in everything that he's doing and listening to how he's talking to his toys and all of it. And it's right. just like, yeah, that for me was enough. And so as a parent, you know, I'm, I don't see how other parents can't do that. But I, I do understand it when you're tired. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I get you're it. exhausted. And, and they need to learn to self-soothe and self-entertain. And like I said, it's okay for them to be bored. But you have to be accessible to them. Like, that's just the most important thing is you have to be willing to listen, willing to talk. Doesn't mean they're going to get what they want, but you have to be available. Like, that's just and you have to pay attention because especially teenagers, they're liars. They hide everything. And (laughs) you know what? You know, we, we went through the biggest thing with my daughter you know my privacy and this and that whatever and I understand that because like you know I remember one time my grandma read my journal when I was like 13 and she told my parents everything I wrote and it was just awful and I was so pissed off oh my god but we don't live in that like I wouldn't go through my daughter's room and read her journal but with social media with the internet I'm sorry you have to be more vigilant and guess what when you live in my house and I'm paying for your phone you lose some of your rights to privacy. I'm not going to barge in your room when you're naked. I'm not going to, you know, I'll knock on your door. I'm not going to read your journal. But if you have a phone and you have access to the internet, I'm going to monitor what you're doing. Yeah. And and you have to do that. Even if your kids hate you, you have to do it because it's too dangerous. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My aunt did the same thing with my uh, my little cousin. I remember when he first got his, uh, I mean, he's grown now, but he, I remember when he first got his little Instagram account and everything, and I commented, I think I sent him a message or something, and it was my aunt that replied, and she was like, oh yeah, no, I have his account and everything, you know, we, I told mm-hmm. him he could have it, but I was going to be present on it, and I was cracking yeah. up, so, and, and he turned thing. out all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. It sucks. You just, you can't give kids the same kind of privacy you used to. It just, unfortunately, again, with, with power and technology and freedom comes responsibility. And that's just, kids need to learn that. I agree. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. Thank you very much, Amanda, for joining us. Um, Go ahead and one more time. Yeah, of course. First episode of Chris of All Trades. Thank you very much. I couldn't have picked a better person. Um, Let everybody know where, where they can find you. Thanks. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got to be here for the first one. Love the title, by the way. Yeah, um, so I host The Sip List, like I said, and some other shows. And you can find them all at our network website. It's the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network. And it's idnmtrpodcastnetwork.com. And that will tell you all the shows I'm on and things we have coming up. And yeah, hopefully we're going to reschedule our episode that I had to miss. I apologize for that. And Oh, yeah. Uh, we will. I hope your 
You're coming back on the SIP list soon, too, I hope. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I'm I'm back. I was changing platforms. So, yeah, Real Film Reviewed is definitely back. I'm actually going to release the... I think I did Oppenheimer, so I'm going to release that episode here shortly. But, yes, we are going to do Barbie for sure. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone, <laughs> to Chris of All Trades. Message me on Twitter slash X at Coat underscore podcast. That's K-O-A-T for Chris of All Trades. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Chris of All Trades. Follow the pod on Good Pods, check out features on the Newsly app, and message me on Twitter at K-O-A-T underscore podcast for guest opportunities or feedback. Enjoying the show? Leave a review on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Catch you on the next episode.